podcast of our uh our, our lovely uh fantasy football league this is the the exec here so we're starting out with andrew uh, we got uh, ian we got uh flash and then we have uh josh down at the bottom and uh we're just uh coming to you guys we have some quick questions we're going to do some uh some quick trade analysis and then we're going to do a power ranking of the the league currently as it stands so uh if you guys want to say anything before we get started, uh, but uh, I have a quick question. We're gonna we're gonna start off with, if, uh, if we had a redraft league, who's the uh, first court or the first wide receiver and the first running back you pick for your team? So uh, Ian, if you want to go first, I mean it's great to be on the podcast for the uh, first ever uh, Gary BC Memorial Keeper League podcast. Um, thanks for having me. Um, oh, I mean. If I'm drafting, I'm drafting first overall here. Yep. And second, uh, I'm, you get your top five receiver, top uh, running back. I mean, I got to go Alvin Kamara. That's still the biggest regret of my life, I think, is not taking him first overall two years ago. Um, so, I mean, I got to go with my man there, regardless of the QB. Um, and, I mean, at wide receiver, I don't think there's a better player right now than Devontae Adams. So, those are my those are my top two choices. I've been pretty unanimous too. Okay. Okay, Josh, you wanna go next? Sure. Again, yeah, feeling pretty uh, pretty pumped to be on the, the pod. Uh <laughs> I'll say I go Alvin Kamara as well, just because I like okay. to rub it in Ian's face a little bit. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, just to be a little different, I'll go DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Nothing wrong with him. He's he's gonna have a good year next year, I think. Second year in that system. With K with K one, the little midget who yeah. runs really fast. Yeah. All right. What do you got? For me, um, well, first, yeah. thanks for the invite. No Pumped problem. to finally be on a podcast of any sort. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna make it unanimous at running back. I'm gonna go with Kamara as well. Um, and then wide receiver, I mean, there's a lot of good options. I do like Adams. I do like Hopkins, but I think I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. Nice. Ooh. It's a good one, too. He's, uh, like it. he's the top guy. I thought you were yeah, going okay. OBJ. With who? OBJ. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see if he comes back who he plays for. Might be some off-season, uh, off-season changes for him. So just, just to set the record straight, uh, this might sound like a homer, but I would probably go with Dalvin Cook and uh, Devontae Adams. Not because they're on my team, but uh, they might be the two top players. You know, just just saying, they might be the two top players. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is uh, a little game I call a win-lose-draw. So what I did is I just pulled a, a couple trades. Uh, that had happened this year in our league. And basically just want to get your guys' thoughts on if you think there was a team that won, lost, 
or if you think it was a pretty you know fair trade each each team got value out of it uh, so I started off with the first one uh, we had a we had a trade early on in the season it was uh, Darren, Darren Waller uh, for Mike Davis and uh, Terry McLaurin uh, so uh, Josh if you want to start us off how, how, what do you think the trade is do you think there was a winner or loser or do you think it was a pretty fair deal it was I remember at the time McCaffrey was still hurt, so Mike Davis had a little bit of value still to him, if mm-hmm. I can recall. Um, and he was trading to the McCaffrey owner, so definitely the McCaffrey owner, Ben, had... I kind of... I think I would give him the win, because I love Terry, and also you get your top stud running back's handcuff, so I see nice upside there. Um, I mean, it's pretty even trade. I give the slight edge to the to Davis and McLaurin. But I mean, Dan had a pretty stacked team at the time, could afford to lose those guys and then get a stud top three tight end. So, I mean, both sides did well. I give the slight edge to to the Davis McLaurin owner. Okay, okay. What about you, Ian? Ooh, I'm, I'm gonna go the opposite direction. I think, uh, I mean, not a landslide because Mike Davis did help Ben out a few weeks there, kind of right after the McCaffrey injury, but he faded down the stretch. Um, but I had a first-hand seat um, in the semifinals against Dan's team as Waller had 10, 11 catches for 120 yards in a TD against me. Um, so I think Dan won that trade pretty, pretty convincingly with getting Waller and how he performed kind of down the stretch for him. I feel like there's a little personal vendetta there in, the, in that uh, reasoning. I feel he feels a little scorned from that. <laughs> yeah, <it> definitely stung. <laughs> definitely stung to watch that happen. I mean, at least you didn't you I'm, I'm glad you threw in the fact that he made it to the semifinals in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just in case everyone forgot. Thanks, boys. <laughs> Which I was rooting heavily against. I wanted you to lose out immediately for the first round pick. That's um, my bad on that I, one. <laughs> I think early in the season, I thought it was a good trade, but down the stretch, just like what Ian said, I think that Waller wasn't like animal down the stretch. And yeah. Mike Davis, like Mike Davis had some good games, but I don't, if you look at it as a whole, I do think that I'd probably give the edge to the Waller side, but not, not by a landslide. I think they both, like, I do agree. I think Dan could afford to give up some guys. So yep. they both kind of got what they needed, but I do think that Waller was better overall. I guess if you look at if you look at it that way, Flash too, like I do think Terry McLaurin's a stud. So yeah, Ben might have a keeper on his hands this year. So after the season, I it is a lot closer than it felt like in that uh, last week there against mm-hmm. Dan. So and and we know tight ends are so hard to get. Yeah. I guess I think another thing you got to consider is that like if you get a top three guy, you're immediately having an advantage over everyone else in the league. Where like you could potentially find a waiver guy for a couple of weeks at a receiver, like wide receiver three spot. I think I've said to Ian a few times that tight end's the worst fantasy position. <laughs> what about kickers? <laughs> no, just, tight take, end. just take one in the seventh round, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, he's always the best kicker. Yeah, I, I agree with both Flash and Ian. Uh, I think uh, the slight edge went with, with Darren Waller. Um, I, I wrote in my note here, uh, tight end is such a premium position if you can get a guy that can, you know, just plug and play. So uh, I think the slight edge goes with Waller. Uh, I would have liked to have seen maybe a, a draft pick come back 
I would have tried to whittle out, uh, you know, a draft pick, but that's just me. I'm uh, I'm crazy for draft picks, but uh, I think overall good trade. The next piece, uh, next trade I wanted to bring up is a trade that actually uh, felt like it happened uh, right after the draft. Um, I, I guess um, someone was unhappy with one of his keepers and wanted to trade it right away. Uh, so he actually traded away. He wanted them gone so badly. He actually traded uh, uh, Saquon Barkley in a first round pick uh, for Jonathan Taylor, who hadn't even got his cleats on yet. And a, and a nice round draft pick. Uh, how, how do we feel uh, th- this trade went? Is there a winner, loser, or does this look like a draw? Uh, maybe maybe I'll get Ian. If you want to start, uh, and then we can kind of uh, rebuttal off this. Maybe like yourself first. And I don't remember this trade. Well, um, I mean, at the time I had my, my motives. I, I still wanted to compete. Um, I just acquired Chubb, and... <laughs> I didn't want, or maybe I hadn't acquired Chubb yet, but uh, my starting running backs were looking like Melvin Gordon and Le'Veon Bell. So um, I want to do some quick quick hits and get a couple starting caliber running backs. Um, at the time with Barkley out, I didn't think it was terrible. Uh, a couple weeks later, after I know we're going to talk about the next trade here, I thought it was even better. Um, watching John, Jonathan Taylor run for... 800 yards and six touchdowns in the last three games. Um, maybe wasn't the best trade <laughs> on my end. Uh, giving up. I mean, it would have been great if I kept Taylor, but uh, yeah, it doesn't look so great now with Barkley. You know, he's already pre, pre-draft rankings. He's still a top five running back. So I think we'll have a better answer when the season starts and we see what sure. Barkley looks like upon return. But um Based off of the squatting video I saw on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, I, I'm, I may have made a mistake. Okay, that's all that matters. How about how about we go to the other other side of that trade? Uh, <laughs> how, how, how do how do we feel? Is there a win lose or is there a draw on that one? I I mean, yeah, I don't think you're ever gonna trade. That's a complete draw. But when I I, him and I went back and forth for like I think it was like two weeks. I pretty yeah. well. Even before the draft, he was he was all over Taylor. I remember that. I remember talking to him like weeks yeah, before was, the draft. And it was all Jonathan Taylor and, and Josh. You guys both both know this, but um, so I know when we were talking, it was all I think it was all Galladay for the first little bit. Like you, he really wanted Galladay. I think is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I was I didn't want to give him up. I didn't want to give him up, but I knew he wanted to deal. And then after was it like week three maybe? And my team was just absolute shit at the time. I needed to do something. I needed to do something. So I, I think I, I finally just offered. I, I think I asked you for the first rounder. Yeah. That's how that worked. And I did not. I honestly didn't think you were going to go for it. Like, I offered the third originally. I, yeah, I know you like trading, but I thought, you know what? I'm just going to try it. And you, you, you said you're interested. So then I was like, okay, well maybe this might work. And so as soon as I think as soon as the first rounder was a part of it. And I knew my team was not looking good. I, I had to do it. So I, I do think that I that it was more one-sided to my side. But I mean, I, would, I wouldn't have made the trade if it wasn't at the same time. So Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I do I think see. that this year will show. But yeah, Taylor was up and down. He was hot at the end. But I, 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 I think you won the trade. So you're, 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 you're preaching to the choir. Josh, do you, do you feel the same way or? You're gonna try to get on Ian's side there. No, I think, I think in the moment we, t- we like Ian called me. We chatted about this, and in order to stay competitive, he had to do something. 
He was he was desperate. He he put himself in the corner. <laughs> only only way he could get out of that corner was trading a first round pick to Flash to get to get JTT. And uh he did it. And I think he regrets it, but I I I think I think it was a I think it was a good trade at the in the moment just so he could stay in the league and stay competitive this year. And I think Flash needed to build for the future. So like I I could see why the trade happened, but looking back on it now, it's obviously now it's a landslide because you got a keeper and a first round pick, whereas you don't have that other side. <laughs> you also have to you also have to consider what Ian got for Taylor. So he also oh, did. Do tra- we, how about we stop, how about we talk about that now? So segue, yeah. segue. Yeah, lean into the next one. So then uh, you know, four weeks later. Uh, Ian turned around and, and flipped uh, Jonathan Taylor and, and, and James Robinson, who I personally think is probably the uh, the waiver wire pickup of the year, either him or Justin Jefferson. But I think that was a real good pickup by him. Uh, so he traded that James, one. Yeah, James Robinson, Jonathan Taylor, and a fifth-round draft pick. Uh, and in return, he got Joe Mixon, uh, Chase Edmonds, uh, Drake, and then a second-rounder. So based off that, um, what he got in return – uh, do you think do you think Ian kind of got his value back, or do you feel he may have uh, got double double uh, burnt on both sides? I, I don't think he got his value back for the initial trade because Barkley's still going to be a top could potentially be a top five running back, and then that first isn't recouped with that second, but you get some value back from it because you have Mixon who's potentially a keeper on it on what should be a good offense next year. With Burrow coming, or with uh, yeah, with Burrow coming back again, like that wasn't known at the time he was going to get hurt and go down. So he made that trade thinking Burrow going into his second year with Mixon is a, a potentially a keeper. Plus, you got whoever takes over the Arizona backfield as another keeper option, and you get a second back. So I think he recouped some value, just not maybe all of it. Okay. Yeah, I I agree with you. Um... I don't think, I mean, it, it kind of depends on the draft too. I mean, if next year I draft a guy in the first and he doesn't pan out and Ian drafts a guy in the second and it pans out, well, then it looks great for yeah. Ian. You just to kind of, I know this isn't the same trade, but you then traded Edmonds and Drake <laughs> yeah. for someone else. I sure you got did. a fifth rounder back. <laughs> yeah. So again, you, got a, you got a six out of that one? Fifth, I think. A fifth. I'll, I'll check okay. right now. I'll, I'll for check sure, yeah, for so. sure it was a fifth. But it was it was also like later in the year when those guys' value was like right. no one else is going to really be willing to trade a pick at that point for those yeah. guys potentially, right? Yeah. So, and, so sorry. Uh, that, I'll just I'll say that trade was uh, he got Zach Moss in a sixth rounder uh, for uh, and he traded away his eleventh or eleventh rounder for that. So he got yeah. a sixth rounder essentially back as well. So okay. if you if you look at the the. The capital he's getting back from from 2021, he set himself up a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and in season, obviously, it helped him help him get to the finals. So he did something right. Um, but yeah, just taking it out of uh, out of context, just looking at the trade as it, as it is. Um, you know, I I think you got essentially the equivalent of two serviceable players back and mix in in a second rounder um, with with trading his fifth rounder to a sixth rounder. So that's that's kind of where the value is for me. Ian, do you want to add anything to these trades, or do you think we uh, we knocked it out pretty uh, well? I mean, when you look at it in, like, different points of time, like, when I made that trade originally, again, I was all over Jonathan Taylor, and then he had three or four weeks there where he was getting 10 or 11 touches, and I was like, what's happening? So, I mean, when I made that trade 
originally, I, I thought I hosed Danny. I was like, oh man, this is a great trade. Um, if you look at it week 15 and 16, uh, I mean, Mixon goes down for the year. <laughs> um, and I trade away Drake and Edmonds. Um, and I, I figure this out just because I like to uh, really put the screws to myself. But I would have won the league had I had James Robinson and Jonathan Taylor for weeks 15 and 16. So, um, yeah, it uh, it stings a little bit now. Um, at that point, I look back as like, oh, man, Danny killed me in that trade. It'll be interesting to see what the draft, ha- draft holds. I mean, if I can get a decent player with that second round pick, I think it'll, again, get some value back. I don't think I can ever get all my value back from trading Barkley in the first, but um, I can get some of it back. But yeah, I don't love either trade now in this point in time. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's honest. It's, it's, hard. Right. it's hard looking back on it now, knowing that like, if you didn't win, like it was a, it was basically an all or nothing move to stay competitive this last year. Because if you win, it looks great. If you don't win, then you gave up a first rounder and you didn't have really much to show for it. So it's like he thought – I think Ian thought he had a chance to go for it and compete, so he wanted to take that. And then when you look back after the fact, you don't have that chance to compete because the year's over. It, it just looks different, right? And I mean, I just Ian, were, I was going to well, say, Ian, I, know, his, I know you were at a crossroads with whether or not you were going to go for it or sell out. I'm and stuck. I think that was I think that was around that time. What week was that again? Six, Half week five. Week five. Yeah, because I remember you and you talked so much. Like I'm just gonna sell out, and then like literally the next day I'm going for it, and then the next day no, I'm gonna sell out. <laughs> the other thing too that hurts me now that I look is like again looking into next year. Jonathan Taylor is ranked as a he's right behind Barkley. So I mean I gave up uh, two top six running backs this year. Um, Again, I kind of had to because I had to, I was starting Melvin Gordon as my RB one, but it hurt. The, both those trades hurt more now, definitely. We'll see. See, so I got I got one more on the docket here, um, which I thought was a really good trade. Uh, uh, so I have Derrick Henry in an eighth round draft pick for Chris Godwin and Zeke Elliott in a fourth rounder. Uh, for me, uh, I I I am forecasting in the future for this one and for me i can see henry dropping off a cliff he has to it's just there's no way this guy can keep doing what he's doing uh and i see elliot coming back as a top five guy uh with dak coming back um he's going to be back to the where he is so i think uh justin got the value he needed for next year i think he was he was on the the same train as Ian was is he going forward or jumping off uh so i think he sold off what he needed to Obviously, I wasn't very happy about that trade uh, because personally, it, it it kind of put my team in jeopardy a little bit. Uh, I was a little worried that uh, Henry's going to take Dan over the top, but uh, but yeah, I I think overall both teams got what they needed. But I, I think looking at it in a, in a in a bubble, I think uh, Justin's team pulled out the win on that one. What do you think, Josh? You think uh, yeah, think the same, or you go on the other side? No, I agree. I think when at the moment of the trade, I remember feeling the same way and thinking like, oh man, Henry on Dan's team looks deadly and just being like, man, that's like, I remember talking to Ian being like, that's it. Like it's, it's over. Like that, that could put him over the top. And then, yeah, now I mean, now looking back on it after the season and Dan didn't take the championship, like 
having having Zeke and Godwin and getting a better pick, like it's it's a good spot for Justin to be in. So I I agree. I think Justin won the trade, but it could have very well played out the other way. Hundred percent. Henry could still have a couple like two three more like dominant seasons, and and Godwin might be kind of splitting sharing the load with with uh, Evans there in Tampa Bay and who knows what happens after Tom Brady's gone. So like, I mean, I think Zeke's always going to be a, a little bit of a question mark. Cause I mean, he could fall off the cliff too. When Dak comes back, I think he'll be good again for another maybe two, three years, but see how it plays out, I guess. Yeah. Ian. Um, I'm, I think it was a, I think it was a fair trade. Um, I think it's quite close. I, I remember seeing the trade and, I didn't like the fourth round pick going that way. I thought that was just that kind of gave Justy to me the advantage, even at the time, even with Henry going to Dan and kind of having that the playoff schedule that he did. I still was like, ooh, that's like maybe just a little bit too much. Um, I think Henry, like, he could be the number one pick this year if the, if we were doing a redraft league. He's, I, I think that I think he's still going to be good. Um, and I, I still think Justy won the trade slightly. Um, to me, it really depends on kind of looking into the future. I don't I don't see Zeke as a top five back. I do see him as a top ten back. I I guess it depends what they do with that O line there too. I mean, Dak coming back helps him, but um, for me, the dark horse in this is Godwin. Depending if Godwin sticks it out with uh, the Bucks, I like him. I don't love him. If he goes and signs somewhere else and he's a wide receiver one. I think Justy Justy wins that trade, yeah. maybe by a little bit more. So that'll the coming weeks will kind of tell us whether I feel he he really won it or whether it was a pretty pretty close trade. So, Flash, want to finish us off here? Yeah, I'm in the same boat as most of you guys. I think the biggest thing is like Dan's team is loaded. Like he could he could almost afford to give up players like that to get Derrick Henry. And I thought the same thing as Josh. When I saw Derrick Henry, I was like, yeah, that's it's over. <laughs> like there's no one that can compete with that roster. But I think he just he had so many weapons that he could afford to give those guys up. The Godwin, the Elliot, the fourth, I agree with Ian. I mean, that's a little bit like we'll see what that pick becomes. But I think Elliot, if I'm not mistaken, has kind of been trending down too in the last like four or five years, like his yards per game, I think are going in the other direction. So he can, he can come back. I think he has this, the, the ability to come back for sure. But um, yeah, that's, it's a close one. I think, I, I do think it was a, it was a good trade for both sides. And again, that's mostly because Dan just had so many assets to play with. Yeah. He, he drafted well and he picked out the waiver wire well. So before we move on, do you guys have any other trades you guys want to talk about? Any other ones that you guys just want to throw in there quickly. We'll do a quick round table. We won't I kind of go through it all, but uh, any ones you guys want to add? David Montgomery, Aaron Rodgers for sixth. <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up. And Rodgers yeah. flipped for seventh, I think is what that ended up being. Yeah, uh, yeah, flipping for seventh, yeah. That was, uh, I'll give you guys some hard stats on that trade. Yes, before, before we get into it, because um, I looked it up because I was curious at the end of the season. David Montgomery had... Um, I, I texted you this flash. I remember. So like yeah. at the time I thought that was a great trade. I really, I was like, you're moving up. No one's giving you anything more for Montgomery. You're selling off. You're not keeping them. He had 120, 121 
fantasy points from from weeks one to ten. He had 139 fantasy points in the last five weeks of the season. So, I mean, I don't think anybody could have predicted that. So, yeah, right now, Montgomery won reader of the league. Looks like a shit trade. But at the time, I was like, man, that's you, you're getting value. You're moving up two rounds. So, I mean, it, that's a tough one to even look back at because, like, I've never seen a player do that big of a 180 midseason. Like, coming back from a concussion, too. I thought he yeah. was done for the year. I remember, was it Josh? Was it you that you wanted Montgomery? Yeah, one I remember point. you and I were going to do a deal for it. Yeah. He was going to give you a third. I remember you texting yeah. me. And then he got concussed that week. And that yeah. went away. Yeah. And then I found I found the text. And actually, it was 93 fantasy points, weeks one to nine. I traded him. He had his buy. And then he had 119 from 12 to 16. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you can't predict that stuff. I mean, no, you can't. I I remember coming early on, just checking. In, hey, I know your team's looking pretty bad. No, I, I, Montgomery might be a good like filler for me, but I don't know. Like, I'm looking like a fifth, sixth rounder early on. And you're like, yeah, let's wait a couple of weeks. I I think he'll pick it up, and I think he'll get more value. I'm like, okay, like I'll just checking in, checking in. I remember it was the, the trade deadline week. I had a couple calls going, and we finally pulled the trigger on that. I pulled the trigger with, I so I had to make. I had to make the trade with Josh first so that I could clear a roster spot so that I could bring back Aaron Rodgers without dropping anyone off my team. And then within 40 minutes, took Aaron Rodgers and flipped him over to Nate's team. Uh, I thought that was going to take a while and it got accepted in two seconds. Uh, so that was, that was a heart wrenching day, but I didn't want to bring that up because, uh, no, I, I thought that was a, I should have known that trade. Nate would have wanted Rodgers too. I had no idea. It was a shot in the dark. I, well, he's he's like, in the dark, and he he likes the Packers. Though, actually, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess Ian, do you want to bring up any other trades? There's one that I thought was quite funny early on in the season, but uh, I'll let you go. No, I I mean I mean, <laughs> just going back to the Mont- that Montgomery deal. I remember, I remember I talking to both Flash and Josh on the phone. So I try to be really impartial when you guys both text me about trades. Um, but Josh, you're like I'm giving up a third round pick for. Montgomery and I'm in my head I'm like oh god flash take that trade take that trade and then I asked you about it and you're like ah no I think I'm gonna wait a week and then he got concussed in the first quarter of that game and I was like man like we both I remember Josh yeah bad luck both Josh and I talked and we both agreed we'd wait I think a week is what happened right yeah I remember I, I think I remember it wasn't like it was either I was gonna do a fifth and like a later pick because I had already traded like so many of my picks away so i didn't have much left to work with so i don't know i always put myself in that bad spot of trading all my high draft picks away and not really having much of a choice of which picks i have left but it would have meant going it would have meant going three straight rounds of the draft without having a pick from like rounds i think rounds two to or round one to five i wouldn't have had a pick so that's why i didn't pull the trigger on that third rounder um but I have another interesting trade that really pissed me off this year. Um, it was the trade that I made with Ian randomly throughout the year when he needed a tight end and I needed a running back. And uh, I sent him Mike Gesicki. For, <laughs> I don't even... Well, who was the Patriots running back? And you gave oh, me you a Damian Harris. Pick. Damian yeah. Harris, yeah. So I wanted Damian Harris. And I gave and him a pick for it. Yeah, he, I moved up around and got him like, Gesicki. <laughs> It was like a six for a seventh, 
Yeah. Mostly because it was an RB for a tight end, and I needed an RB at the time. But then, obviously, get antsy, and I, I end up dropping Harris, and then Gesicki ends up taking over that playoff matchup that we had, and Gesicki wins in the week of the first round of the playoffs against me, and I legitimately wanted to throw up. Three TDs and three TDs and ninety yards. And it was the second year that I got kicked out of the playoffs by Mike Gesicki. And this year I actually drafted Mike Gesicki so that it wouldn't happen again. And it, it still happens again. So that's like pure that's pure comedy right there. You're taking him in the first round this year. Yeah, oh absolutely. There's no one else I'm looking to draft other than Mike Gesicki. He's a, he's gonna be in my do not trade list. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good call. <laughs> Good call. Could, well, we add, add, could, could we maybe add Ty Hilton to your do not trade list? Yeah, I was going to say Ty Hilton. You, you, I know you love Golden Tate, but, uh, you know, I said the, the value on that probably didn't, didn't come back very much. So it came back for me. So I, I thank you for dropping them. They helped me win, you know, the league. So thanks for that. But, uh, so, yeah, fourth rounder for him. Flash, flash, uh, took you took you to the cleaners on that one. That the was in- that was that was a big gamble on a washed up useless garbage of a human. So I I thought though Josh I was in I thought he was gonna have a better year. Like I I thought that Rivers was actually gonna be good for him and he was not. If only he played Houston earlier in the season, you would have been fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I just needed him to play Houston for eight consecutive weeks after I traded for him, and I would have yeah. been fine. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the, that's the end of that segment. So what we're going to do next is we're just going to do a, a ranking of, uh, of what we think the current league is right now. We'll start at 10, work our way to 1. Uh, so we each have our rankings. Uh, the rankings are based off of the keeper pools, so what guys can keep next year, the three keepers, their draft capital, basically the number of picks they have, the quality of picks. And then the tiebreaker, if you have two teams that are pretty close, is if you were the manager uh, and you had a choice between those two teams, which one would you want to choose? Uh, so what we'll do here is it, we'll throw out uh, a, a name. If we're all agree, we'll just say a quick point, move on. Uh, if we have a different name there or a different team, we can kind of discuss a little bit. Um, and we'll, we'll kind of see where we're the same, kind of see where we're different. Uh, so we'll start off with number 10. Um, Ian, who'd you have at 10? This was tough for me. I had uh, – I've kind of th- – three teams in mind that I'm concerned about with their, you know, their keeper pool. Um, And recent rumblings coming out of uh, Adam Schefter's camp this week about Russell Wilson getting dealt kind of changes that for me a little bit. Um, So I, I I may have to change my rankings today. Um, I am, I'm concerned about, I'm concerned about Justy's team. Um, he, so is that who you have at number ten? I had him at number ten. Uh, very, my my kind of bottom three teams are are very very close. Um, I had him at number ten mainly because I don't love Lockett as a keeper, and if Russ goes, that that hurts. Um, I'm I'm a little concerned about Elliott coming back. I have him in my top twelve. I don't necessarily have him in my top five, but I do really like him. I think he's a guy he can build around. Um, but if today I was doing this, I would probably, again, Justy does have a couple of higher picks that he's accumulated, though. He's got that extra fourth rounder. Um, or maybe, no, maybe he dealt that one away. Uh, yeah, I think Justy. So, so, I mean, 
Yeah, I'd, I'd have him there. Um, I'm also concerned about Chris Godwin. If you ask me this in three months and Chris Godwin has signed on wherever Deshaun Watson signs and he's the number one wide receiver, my answer might change drastically. But that's, I think that's what I, I'm going with right now. Okay. So Justin, number 10. Do you guys both have Justin's team at number 10? I might. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of looking at him now, too. I, I, I want to put him in there. Like, it's, it's tight. I might even say the new the, the rebranded laces out might be down there too. Yeah, so that's who I had at ten. So my, my rationale behind that is I had I had Justin's team at nine, laces at at uh, ten. Uh, for me, the biggest challenge was uh, I look at laces out. He's got every player on his team is in turmoil. There's not one guy you look at that roster and you go, oh, he's a for sure lock next year. You don't know what Philly's doing. You don't know what Philly's going to look like next year. You have no idea what, you know, Seattle's going to talk about, as we talked about earlier, what they're going to look like next year. And then what are you going to get from, from the Chiefs next year? They might bring in a veteran again. Who knows? Maybe they, they try to not have a workhorse back. Uh, so I have him at 10, and I have Justin number 9, because Justin's got that fourth-round pick we talked about earlier. And, and I honestly think that Justin has at least one elite um, keeper next year, if it's Elliott or it's Godwin. I think that just kind of put him a little bit higher. Um, the, the great thing for both those teams is they have the potential to make a lot of moves in this offseason. Um, they do have, again, some capital with that first overall pick. He's getting the first pick in the first, third, fifth round. Um, he can probably make some moves to try to try to secure a, a guy on, on another team that, you know, obviously is going to be kept. And he could maybe, you know, solidify his, his keepers pretty well. So I've laced it out at 10. Uh, and uh, I have uh, Justin's team at nine. Is there I anything you want that. to talk about either of those teams? I think we, we pretty much cleared it. We talked about the Elliot Goblin earlier. I, I, was, I was the opposite of you. Um, might be different. As I said, I might be changing my mind because my rationale is like, I think DK Metcalf is a stud. If R- Russell Wilson walks away, that changes drastically. So I, yeah. With those rumors swirling, I, I those those two teams were very close for me. Yeah, I think they were too. I will yeah. say they got a lot. I also think that just because of like the question marks, I think laces out might take might keep Murray again as a keeper rather than the running back or receiver. So when you're keeping that quarterback and then you got to draft another guy, that may make it a little tougher for him too. Yeah, he does have the first, which helps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I agree. Okay. Yeah. And like then it. let's slide into number eight. At number eight, um, what 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 is the consensus on that one? I'll toss out who I have, and then we can kind of discuss if we're in the similar. So I had uh, hooked on a feeling at number eight. Uh, reason being, he's got he's got a tough choice with keepers. Um, again, he's got the best tight end in the league, so I think that's pretty easy. You've got an elite player right there. That's why I had him at eight. Um, but he's kind of got to make a decision on who he wants to keep. Is he going to keep Cooper? Is he going to keep Thielen? Or is he going to, you know, try to make a move from there? Um, and then the, the draft value, you know, he's got all his picks, except for the seventh he traded to me. Um, but there really is no moving up in the draft right now. Uh, so that's why I kind of am at, at eight. Uh, he has the potential, obviously, to, to move up, maybe make a, a move or two. Um, but uh, that's kind of where, where I have him sitting. Do you guys have have uh, hooked on feeling at eight? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. 
Yeah, for all the reasons you said, basically. Yeah. I, I One big thing that I have is, depend depending where Connor signs, I just, I don't see a top 12 running back at his team anywhere. And that, to me, hurts him. But the reason he was as high as he was was Kelsey. Like, he, he would have been a top eight wide receiver this year. Yeah. So I might be wrong on that. He might have even been a top six as far as points go. Thielen? Uh, no, uh, Kelsey. Like if Kelsey oh. was considered yeah. a wide receiver, I think he would have yeah. been a top six wide receiver. He's a game changer. He, he, yeah. he's, a, he's, a, he's a number one. That's why I didn't ask the question at the beginning, who's your tight end? Because I think it's unanimous. Everyone would take Kelsey. Yeah. So he's yeah. got, he's got led, that he almost led the league in, in yards, which is insane. Yeah. For sure. For sure. <clears throat> All right. So then at number seven, I think this is where we might start varying. But at number seven, I have Danny's team. Uh, for me, it was he has two to three potential good keepers. He's missing his second round draft pick, uh, but he did have an extra fifth. So I think that that's missing that second kind of put him a little bit behind some of the other guys I have ahead of him. Um, but I think his team is sitting at a pretty good spot, depending on who he keeps. Again, if he's going to keep uh, a quarterback this year, if he decides to go all three, uh, Evans might turn out to be a, a great play if, you know, both uh, Godwin and uh, Brown leave. He's their main guy with Brady. You know what Brady does when he's got one guy and no one else. He peppers them with every target he can. Uh, so that, that's kind of where I, I see Danny sitting right now. He's in a pretty good spot going into it. Um, I have him at seven. Do you guys have anyone else at seven, or are we, we uh, unanimous on that as well? I I actually originally had myself at seven and Danny at six. Um, and just thinking about it a little further kind of throughout the week, I actually swapped us. So I had him at, at seven kind of. As my as my last rankings, uh, because of the second round pick. I mean, he's got an absolute stud in Jonathan Taylor. Um, I, I think you you can't not keep Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's the best quarterback in the league. He gives you an advantage every week. I don't love keeping a quarterback, but when you have Patrick Mahomes, it's a little bit different. Um, I just I don't know who his third keeper is going to be. Like James Robinson was kind of a fantasy darling last year. I just I don't know if you can keep him. Um, and Mike Evans, there's just some question marks around him. And I, as I said, missing that second is what kind of changed it for me a little yeah. bit. I think I'm putting Ian ahead. I'm thinking I'm putting you ahead of him. I think that you're three, you have three second rounders, right? Yeah. You're three second rounders. I think make up a ton of that gap yeah. there for me anyway. Like he has his first, second, third, and you have three in the second. Yeah. That's right. that's, that's the biggest difference I think is those three versus lacking a second. And I like so, your running backs, too. Let's jump into six, too, because six six is where I have rest and rockets, so I have you, Ian. Yeah. Um, for the same reasons you guys just said. Uh, you've got a potential three good keepers, maybe two elite, uh, depending on how some of the guys fade out. Like, Swift could be an absolute stud next year, depending on how that team rounds out. Um, you, you have your two running backs. You've got Chubb sitting there, which is, you know, Chubb is a guy. And no matter what you do, no matter who you throw with him, Chubb is going to get his guy. He's going to get his yards. Um, so I have Ian at six. Um, I think no much else to say. Your, your team's looking good. Uh, despite your your best efforts this season to to weaken your team, you're, you're still in a still in a pretty good spot sitting at sitting at number five or sorry number six in our rankings. I, I had myself at six as well. If, I, if you don't like it, just, just trade some guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, always optional for me. Yeah, I mean, for sure. if I haven't made three or four deals before the, the draft, I've done something wrong. Um, for sure. I, I have a lot of question marks with my keepers. I mean, like I, 
I'm maybe I keep three running backs. I mean, I have Mixon sitting on my bench. He didn't do anything for me this year, but that offensive line gets upgraded a little bit. I mean, I could control the running back market a little bit there. Um, Allen Robinson, depending where he signs. I just, I have too many, um, I had too many question marks with my keepers to rate myself higher. Swift could be a stud or he could be a 12 to 15 touch kind of middling RB2. Like, yeah, for me, there were just too many, too many question marks with my own team. So, um, yeah, I agree with you guys. Okay. So number, number five, I have uh, three out of Ravens coming in. Um, I, I, I feel, again, potential two or three keepers. Uh, even potentially have two elite, depending on how you know New Orleans kind of looks slash J.K. Dobbins potentially. Uh, you've got two first rounders, two fourth rounders, two sixth rounders, and to be honest, you have a chance to to basically steal the draft depending where you're sitting. Uh, so I kind of put you at five just based on the potential uh, in the draft to to definitely vault yourself in, in the in the elite top three. Um, so that's who I had at five. Uh, do you guys, what are you guys thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I mean, you got to kind of limit a bit of the upside because we all know how three eyed Ravens drafts. So yeah, I mean, it's going to take Sonny Michelle. <laughs> when you take Sonny Michelle, Mohamed Sanu, like in the first couple rounds of the draft. And, like, then, and then I'll just trade him to Josh for a fourth rounder in week two. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it, man. He'll, I he'll help you out. To, I look forward to more trades. I look forward to trading Kelvin to you next year. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I have a hard time valuing myself, so I had myself a little lower. But I think that the two set first rounders makes up a lot of that, and I like having to make a decision with keepers. Like oh, I like nice, having nice that option. Point. Yeah. So then I, from. No, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ian. I actually didn't agree with you guys on that play. Yeah. I, I kind of had it. I. That's where I had flash on Monday when you first sent out this kind of what you wanted to chat with today. And I've, I've changed my mind with that kind of over the last 48 hours, just really looking at it a little bit further. So I actually had flash as a number three team. Okay. Who do you have at four then? Sorry. Who I do you had, have at five at five? Uh, so my three to five were like, there's a, my, in my opinion, there's a sizable gap between six and three through five. Um, so I had Dan's team at five, okay. Josh's team at four and Flash's team at three. Um, it was, it was hard for me to rate Josh's team that low. Cause I, you guys know how I feel about Alvin Kamara um, and Deandre Hopkins. Like I think he's a top two wide receiver. I just, I, Dan isn't going to have a pick from, is it three to seven or four to seven? Let me look right now. Uh, yeah, three to seven. Yeah, so he doesn't have a fourth, a fifth, or a sixth. So we've got three rounds off right there. So that's that's where he just gets like a, the slightest bump from Josh and Flash in my eyes. Um, I mean, Tyreek Hill's a top five wide receiver no matter what. Um, I do really like Derrick Henry. I don't think he finishes as a RB1 this year. I think he's still a top six or seven guy, but not the guy this year. Um, and I just I don't know where he goes with that third keeper. I mean, Calvin Ridley's a stud. Uh, Chris Carson, depending where he signs, could be the man, even if he goes back to Seattle. Um, so that question mark to me is a little bit. Uh, Does he keep Waller even? Yeah, that that's why he's number five for me. Okay, okay. So I I had CFL at four. 
to me, the difference between three-odd Ravens and him was he had that third elite keeper. I, I would say he's got three guys on his team that I would call elite. Uh, so th- having that starting off any draft, it just makes a difference. Um, he can fo- I know he doesn't have his, his fourth, fifth, or sixth. Uh, but to me, depending on how the draft kind of spills out, he showed this year he can, he can draft, he can, he can work off the waiver wire. I, I guess I, I have more trust in, in his team. Um, so that's why I put him at four. But what you're saying, Ian, makes perfect sense. Having three rounds in a row where you're not picking, that, that, that definitely hits a target on your team um, and, and kind of puts you behind the eight ball. But I think just having three elite keepers where you're making five to seven points on average over every other team you're playing, depending who you're playing, I think that just that puts you there. Um, to me, to again, me with, that, with, with his team, it, it's a fourth round pick that really kind of led me in that direction. Yeah, he, he's going to have, uh, I mean, let's say we go with Calvin Ridley. He's going to have two elite wide receivers and one elite running back. He's going to have to take at least one running back in the first two rounds. Uh, he probably goes a wide receiver in that round. And then it's that third round that really, to me, makes a difference. So he has to decide, do I want to go with a high-end flex or do I want to go with a quarterback? And that is going to really, over over, over Flash's team, that's really going to weaken his, what, their comparison in my eyes. Yep. The, the quarterback or flex Flash will get in the fourth round mm-hmm. will be substantially better than who Dan's going to get in the eighth, eighth round. Mm-hmm. The pressure on the draft is more, I think, on him. Yeah, yeah. But it, as I said, those three guys, those three guys were very close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So to your point, I have Grinders in third. So we had the three guys just swapped in differently, and I, I, I think it's pretty simple. You've got three elite keepers, Josh. I have here like your RB depth is is probably no one's even remotely close. You have two guys sitting on your bench that I think seven teams would be happy to have with either Cam Akers or Gibson like those those are absolute stud guys and they're not even they're not even cracking your top three like it's just it's crazy so I I think that advantage alone um, provides you a little bit of an issue who you're going to keep but also that just shows how strong your team is Uh, again you lose your your second your third your sixth your seventh pick so that's going to be tough again to draft but between you and CFL I kind of saw if if I had a choice between what team I wanted to start off with Having your elite talent, your top three, you potentially could have three. First of all, you're going to have two running backs. Most likely you're going to keep. He's only going to have one. I value a running back much higher than a wide receiver. Uh, so that's why I kind of put your team above. But it, you're going to have a tough draft as well, losing a couple rounds. But that's why I had you at third. Um, what What's your guys' opinion on that? Anything you guys want to add? I think your keeper situation is interesting. Yeah, because you can definitely go a few ways. Like if you look at your two wide receivers you have sitting there, it's a matter of whether you think Stefan is gonna show out again this year. Yeah. But I agree, like it's a it's a good it's a good problem to have. So I I do like that ranking of number three. Yeah, and we know I, like I know for Josh in the past like you've drafted really well too. I think last year you had you were missing a bunch of picks too. I think right in the first. Uh, I I didn't have a first or second this year. Right. Yeah. And you still put up a top three roster in the league. So, yeah, I like that. I like that ranking. Yeah. I, it just shows the power of having keepers. But 
really close. I, I had you keeping actually two wide receivers in a in my in my head. I had even two wide receivers in a running back. Um, with my thought process that maybe you trade off one of those running backs before the draft and you might get a draft pick back. So your outlook might not be quite as as gloomy as you think right now. Um, but like you have Alvin Kamara, you have you have three guys who could finish number one at their position. Yeah. In, even even if you go with two RBs, you, you have like, as Reader said, you have four top 12 to 15 running backs on your team right now. So nobody else has that. Um, but just looking at your keepers, like you have you have three guys who could be the number one overall player. So, okay, who do you guys have at number two? I'd Ben's team. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, it just because you don't you don't really know where Aaron Jones is going to end up. I don't know if they're bringing him back, the Packers. And I don't uh, think he goes back. I no, think he's I, getting he's getting money. Yeah. yeah, I think I think he wants to get paid, and I think the Packers don't need to pay him. They got Dylan and they got Williams, so they don't need to pay him. And I like that he's got the stud tight end in Kittle. Love watching him play. But then after that, is he keeping? He like he's got to keep McCaffrey. He's going to keep probably Kittle. And then that last That's position true. is going to be a little bit tough. Is he going to keep Lamar? Is he going to keep AJ Brown? Is he going to keep like? It, it's it's not clear cut, so I think that gives uh, that gives you the edge there, reader. It gives the expos the edge on them. Well, we'll talk about that one in a second. I didn't want to didn't want to announce that quite quickly, but to me, he's got two guys that could be the number one in the position. George Kittle could be the number one tight end next year. I, I think there's a realm of that's possibility, and I think everyone's forgetting because Christian McCaffrey was out this year with an injury. Christian McCaffrey could come back and outscore everyone by 150 points next year. Like I, that is well within the realm of possibility. Uh, if he has those two guys, it doesn't matter if he doesn't have a draft pick for the first five rounds. You know, he's gonna he's gonna beat us. Um, the good thing is he 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 has all his draft picks except for a seventh. Um, so to me, that was that was basically the the cutting edge between one and two for me. Um, is that he you know he he doesn't have any any higher draft picks, uh, but kind of the difference between three and four and two was that he did have that first, second, third, um, as opposed to with you, Josh, where you lost your, your second, your third. Um, and then, so again, I have, I have obviously my team number one, not, I've tried to be as, as unbiased as possible. I try to look at just the teams. Uh, it could be, that I love my team. Um, but, uh, for me, it was, I think I have a top, top three in two positions. I think, you know, Dalvin Cook and and Adams are, are, are top guys. Um, I also like that I'm done the draft the ninth round this year. Uh, so, you know, I, I get some good draft capital in the middle rounds, which will be nice. Um, so that was kind of where I'm sitting, and that's why I put, put um, you know, the Expos at, at number one. Um, I, but, I had you at number one as well. For, uh, like, similar, like, CMC or Dalvin Cook could both be number one by a, a landslide. I'm worried about Dalvin Cook getting hurt, but I mean, Christian McCaffrey was hurt this year, so that fear kind of goes out the window. Um, Devontae Adams is, I mean, he's Devontae Adams. Um, and I, I think Austin Eckler is going to be a stud there. They have their quarterback figured out. They spend a little bit of money or draft capital to protect him a little bit better, um, and that only helps Austin Eckler. 
Um, but the big thing that threw kind of you over the top over Ben was your draft picks. Um, I like Ben's team a lot. I mean, having Kittle and McCaffrey, you have he he has a guy in McCaffrey who could finish 110 points above the next running back. Um, I, I just wanted to go back to one thing quickly too. Is like I had Flash like at, at three, not that far behind Ben. That extra first and fourth really like to me. I think that's important. But I also think guys are forgetting how good Michael Thomas is. I mean, yep. like he had a bad year. He was injured. He, but and I don't really care who the quarterback is there. I know that that team does not have the cap space to bring in another high-end wide receiver. So no matter what, no matter who's throwing him the football, and it, it uh, hopefully it's at least a replacement level quarterback, as long as it's not Taysom Hill. Um, but if it's a guy like Jameis Winston, like Michael Thomas might have 210 targets again and 180 catches and 1,800 yards. So. Mike like, Evans had a huge year. You're close year. in that top three, man. I think. Yeah. He was the top wide receiver the year before that, I think, Thomas was. Yeah, and he's number he one, yeah. Games, even with Taysom Hill throwing in the ball when he did throw the ball, which was like a few times. And he still put up pretty good numbers. Not great, but. I think it was I think like. That high ankle sprain is like looking back at Barkley and Kamara two years ago and then this year with him. Like, I think, and even McCaffrey. Like, that's a, that's a significant injury. I really think it takes guys almost a full season to get over it. Mm hmm. That's a fair point. I didn't even think about that. I might be changing my rankings now after after hearing that. Maybe uh, pre-draft where we're looking a little bit different. And you you look at who he's going to get kind of in that first round. Like you're you're picking what second and sixth, second and seventh. Uh, second and seventh, I think. Yeah, second and seventh. So I mean, you look at the guys who could be available there. Like, I mean, Reader, you're dropping a running back in Montgomery, Josh. Depending on what direction you head, you might be dropping three running backs. So, in my opinion, in the first round, you're walking away with another top 12 running back and another top 12 wide receiver. So, you you now have two to three, depending where you where you go with your keepers flash. You have two to three top 10 players at running back and wide receiver. So there's not a lot of guys. I said reader. That's why your team's rank so high i have eckler and cook in the top 10 and adams is number one going to the year so but flash you're kind of up there with the with that those first round picks yeah can't wait for them all to get hurt <laughs> no don't, don't throw that juju out here it, it won't happen two, two, two times in two years yeah, never sure, well if there's nothing else if you guys want to add anything else before we go i think that's this is a good food place to kind of put the cork in our first podcast but uh Hopefully everyone enjoys it in our league. It, uh, this is something we want to do, you know, every week, kind of keep the keep the fun going. Uh, we'll we'll uh, get the league out started up next year with some hopefully new additions, and we'll uh, we'll kind of go from there. But uh, thanks for everyone for coming on the podcast, and uh, also thanks for everyone listening. Always a pleasure to be invited enjoy. back on. Yeah, well, maybe maybe you'll maybe you'll get another invite later on. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for hosting us. Ah, no problem. All right. Bye, guys. It's been a lovely day. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. We'll be back in a flash with more of this trash. <laughs> <laughs>